Hey there, Chip Close here, founder of Restaurant Strategy. I am your host twice a week, every Monday and Thursday. Right now, you're in episode four of a 10-episode arc that I've dubbed Rethinking Restaurants. I'm challenging you to rethink how your restaurant operates. Uh, I think restaurants have been around for a very long time. Uh, Certainly over the last three episodes, I've challenged you in a bunch of different ways. The business model, the service model, uh, the pricing, how we think about pricing and, and how we think about the value that we provide for our guests. Today, I want to talk about cuisine. Uh, I think this is a this is a unique thing, and I think uh, just being able to walk around and say, "Huh, why?" That's what I want to talk about, and specifically uh, the cuisine that we serve, the the way we define ourselves. That's what we're going to talk about on today's episode of Restaurant Strategy. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying that goes something like this: You'll only find three kinds of people in the world: those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. Each week, I leverage my 20-plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable and more sustainable business. I also work directly with chefs, owners, and operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. This is a group coaching format where we meet two hours every single week. So it's you, me, and 30 other restaurant owners from all over where we specifically work through the unique challenges we face in our industry. Specifically, if you make a lot of hungry people happy, if you're generating a lot of revenue but struggle to hit consistent, predictable 20% profits, then we want to talk with you. Set up a free call, absolutely free. That's how we get started. Go to our website, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Grab some time on the calendar. You'll talk with me or someone from my team. We'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll get to ask some questions about the program. Let's see if you're a good fit. If we both feel you are, we talk about what those next steps are. Again, that call, 30 minutes, absolutely free, where we can get to know each other better. You do that by visiting our website. That link is in the show notes. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Have you ever spent the past hour finalizing the schedule for next week only to have an employee come run to tell you that they need two days off? Or have you realized you made a mistake on payroll right as you press submit? I've been there, and there's nothing fun about spending hours on manual updates. With seven shifts, though, you don't have to worry about that. You can make schedule updates in minutes with an easy drag-and-drop scheduler and skip the payroll mistakes in the first place with automated calculations. Seven Shifts is a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. And right now, Restaurant Strategy Podcast listeners can get three months free. To get started, visit sevenshifts.com slash restaurant strategy. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com slash restaurant strategy. See how simple it can be when your payroll, scheduler, and time clock all live under one roof. Go sevenshifts.com slash restaurant strategy. And yes, that link is in the show notes. So we're in the middle of this 10 episode arc where we're talking all about how we rethink restaurants. Let's rethink the way that restaurants operate and the way that restaurants can operate in the future. This comes from a place of reality, an unfortunate reality. 
that we are getting squeezed in this industry, especially independent operators, because we don't have the purchasing power that the big restaurant uh, chains do. And yet we still love what we do. People love what we do. We just need to be able to do it more profitably. Rent is going up. Labor continues to go up. As we learned over the last 18 months, the cost of goods will continue to go up. And what happens is that we get squeezed, right? Landlord gets paid, payroll gets met, our vendors get paid, and we, the owners here, get squeezed. So what I'm asking you to do, I'm challenging you to rethink the way your restaurant operates. Today, I want to talk about cuisine. Here's something that's really interesting, and, and we're all sort of guilty of doing this, and, and I think this stems from uh, the ability to ask the question why, and I think why is a really powerful question. I think if you can walk around your room and say, why do we do it that way? Why do we have that there? Why is this? Why? Why? If you just ask why to everything you do, there might be a really good answer. Great. You're going to say, now I know. Great. We went down. We asked the question, and we found the best answer. But I think what happens also when you start asking why is everyone starts looking at themselves and say, yeah, I don't, I don't know why we do it that way. Is there a better way we can do it? Is there a different way? Oftentimes, different is better. You guys know how I feel about differentiation. I'm tired of having the same old places, right? Pizza, 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 pizza. Sushi, 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 sushi. Every sushi restaurant has a spicy tuna roll and a rainbow roll and a California roll and a sushi sashimi combo. They are all the same. Yeah, one's better than the other, or I like this one more than the other one, but they're the same. So why would I go for one instead of the other? And we talked about this in the pricing episode, right? Episode 312, we talked about transactions, value, and price. And we talked about the difference between the luxury uh, mindset and the commodity mindset. Not luxury goods and commodity goods, but the mindset. The commodity mindset says that all things being equal, a consumer makes their decision based on one of three criteria, convenience, familiarity, or price. This is how we shop for eggs, Flour, gasoline, right? If we're on the highway and we're running out of gas, we don't look for the gas station that we love or the one we're loyal to or the one with the prettiest lights or whatever. We go to the first one we can find so we don't run out of gas. That's convenience. Man, it's convenient this one's right here because I was going to run out of gas. And if we're by our house, and there's a couple options that are convenient. Maybe we go to the one we know the best or we like the best. That's familiarity. The one where you have loyalty points there, that's... That's familiarity. And if we get to an intersection and there's two gas stations, one on this side, one on the other side, we look at the prices and we go to the one that's cheaper. That's We make the decision based on price because all things being equal, gasoline is gasoline. It's going to go in our car and make it go. I'm going to make my decision based on price. And what happens is when we get into that commodity game, when we've got a product that's very similar to another product, no distinguishable differences, the consumer will say, well, they're pretty much the same, right? Again, we buy eggs. Like, eh, an egg is an egg. I just need them to make scrambled eggs in the morning. We buy flour. I just need to bake a cake. I need to bake Christmas cookies. I don't know. AP flour is AP flour. And yes, I know all the pastry chefs listening to me is going to scream, not all flours are created equal. I get it. But for the majority of consumers, 330 million people in this country, I'd say most of them are typical consumers. They don't know the difference between one AP flour and the next. The recipe calls for AP flour. They're going to go buy AP flour. All things being equal, they're going to make their decision based on familiarity, convenience, or price. 
Convenience, meaning the one that I don't have to bend over for. Familiarity, oh, I'll just get the one I got last time. Or price, well, I know both of these. Which one's cheaper? Ah, let's go with that one. Because again, all things being equal. So we talked about that in the pricing episode. And that factors right in with the cuisine. See, oftentimes, this is how we categorize our restaurants, right? And we do this. And I think we're all guilty of this at some time or another. Hey, what are you in the mood for? I don't know. Let's get sushi tonight. Oh, great. Where do we want to go? Well, suddenly, I've narrowed it down. I'm not getting Mexican. I'm not getting Greek. I'm not getting pizza. I'm getting sushi. So then I think of the five, eight, ten places that are nearby. And I make my decision. But I challenge that. So here's where I said, well, let's rethink restaurants. What if a restaurant could serve multiple cuisines? Does it, does it lack authenticity that way? If you had like sushi, pasta, and Mexican food? I don't know. I think it's weird because we don't do it and we don't see it that often. But isn't this sort of what a food hall is? Everybody goes to the food hall and everybody can get whatever they want. Hey, I want dumplings and pork buns. Hey, I want uh, I want ramen. Hey, I want uh, you know fajitas. Hey, I everybody goes and gets whatever they want and brings it back. And everyone sits at the table and eats together, and everybody's happy because everyone got the cuisine they wanted. So it's weird in restaurants, and totally accepted in food halls. And I wonder why that is. We categorize our restaurant our restaurants based on cuisine. But what if we could differentiate our restaurant by saying, hey, we're, we're interesting because we actually have four cuisines under one roof and we do them all exceptionally well. So when you sit down, you got four pages to a menu and you basically have, this is the sushi menu, this is the Mexican restaurant, this is a Greek menu, and here's the pasta menu. I don't know. I guess I would challenge, I'm challenging myself and challenging all of you guys to think of how we categorize our restaurants. And I know we think of a concept first, and that's our concept, right? But what if the concept was variety? What if that was the differentiator? Could we do that? Are there enough SKUs that we could borrow that could serve Mexican cuisine and Greek food or Greek and sushi? I don't, I don't know the answer to that, largely because I don't think we've ever tried to explore that. But I would challenge all of us to think about cuisine differently. There's no reason why we can't have a restaurant where we get multiple cuisines under one roof. Again, the food hall is the best example of that as a really successful idea. Likewise, when we open again, and I'll sort of go back to this idea of the sushi restaurant or the Chinese restaurant, I can pretty much go get sesame chicken in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Texas, Utah, California, it's the same. Pretty much the same. And I wonder if that's a good thing. I don't know. I guess, I guess it probably gives consumers comfort because they know, oh, I, I know this. They've got sweet and sour chicken and they've got uh, pepper beef and they've got uh, ginger, you know, they've got orange chicken and general so's and maybe it's very comforting but again it's a commodity product it's a commodity product that i i think we have to differentiate ourselves more and i think if we haven't done it before we're going to have to do it later so i live in a small suburban town outside of new york city i'm about 35 minutes outside the city and our town pretty much has like one of everything right We've got like 
one Mexican place, one Greek place, one Ethiopian place. We've got like three pizza places, two pubs. Like we've just got like got one nice restaurant, one upscale nice restaurant, you know, casual restaurant. We've got sort of like one of everything. And I and I find myself thinking about this. Like, okay, if a new player is going to enter the market, how do they decide? So they have to pick something that doesn't already exist, or they have to go, man, this already exists, but they don't do it really well. We can do it even better. And I guess I wonder if we can get better at defining better, <laughs> right? So, okay, there's two sushi restaurants. They're sort of indistinguishable. They're just about the same. We've got one Indian restaurant. It's really good. But is there room for another Indian restaurant? the room for another restaurant that would define themselves differently than Indian, but just would have Indian or Indian inspired or Indian influenced. Again, my, my town's sort of typical of a lot of sort of suburban towns, which is what most of this country is made up of. We're outside a big city, but not right near it. I don't know. In the cities, you can get away with more. You can do different things, more progressive, more unusual things. I guess I just wonder if we can rethink restaurants specifically as it relates to cuisine. Do we need another sushi restaurant that pretty much has all the same stuff that the other sushi restaurants have? That it's the same 10 ingredients and we have 20 rolls and it's just some combination of all those rolls. Some combination of all those ingredients. That sort of drives me crazy. It's like they got avocado and mango and cucumber and shrimp and fake crab, imitation crab and yellowtail and tuna and salmon and eel. And they do some combination of all that crap. It's the same stuff. So I don't know. I wonder about this because markets are getting more saturated. And I think there's not going to be room for a lot of these kinds of places to survive. Not in the city, not in the suburbs. And we're feeling it. I think most people listening to this podcast, you, you probably know, you felt a 10, 15% pullback in sales over the last three or four months. That's what we're seeing with a lot of my clients. I think that's because dining out is becoming more expensive and there's just only so much money in the budget to go out. So I think people are going to go out less, but I think they're going to be more judicious about where they actually go. And I think we have to meet people where they are. And rethinking this idea of cuisine and really how we categorize our restaurants, I think is one of the key ways. I think it's one of the key ways that we can really serve our customers, our guests. So again, we're in the middle of this 10 episode arc where we're rethinking restaurants, rethinking what a restaurant is, how a restaurant behaves, and what our people want from us. What our people want from a meal outside the home. And I think by challenging ourselves to rethink the business model, the service model, the way we price our food, the way we talk about value, and how we categorize and differentiate ourselves, I think all of this is key. So here we go. Now we're four episodes into this. There are no answers here. I'm just trying to raise a lot of questions. I've tried to get really good at asking the question why. And what I hope is happening is that I'm getting you to ask yourself the question why. Why do we do it this way? Why do we still do it this way? 
Why not another way? Is there another way to think about how we categorize our restaurants outside of cuisine? What if the new category is we have multiple cuisines? We operate like a food hall. We've got a lot of great stuff. Again, last episode, I talked a little bit about the service model and how serv- you know, service models have changed over the last couple thousand years. You go back and look at like ancient China. The first food hall was really in ancient China where all these different vendors would come in. They'd be under one tent or one pagoda and the waiters would go ask people what they wanted and they'd go figure out who could do that. And they'd go to here and here and here and here. They'd basically go out into the food hall and bring everybody back what they wanted. So in any event, this is the fourth episode in a 10-episode arc called Rethinking Restaurants, where I just want to challenge you to ask the question, why? Why do we do it that way? And can we do something better? Can we do it differently? And is different better? I wouldn't be asking these questions if everything was working, but I don't think our restaurants are working across the board. I think we can make them better. I think they can, we can make them better for us. We can make them work, work harder and provide more for us. So that's that episode, uh, this, this fourth episode of the 10-episode arc. Listen, guys, I appreciate you being here. If you want to do one thing for me, one thing would be a huge help. Go leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That, more than anything else, helps us move the needle in our business, helps us grow the community. If you get any sort of value uh, from this show, just go let other people know what you've learned and why you, uh, why you spend your time here every single week. Again, I appreciate you taking time to be here. I hope you get some value out of this and all of the other episodes. Thank you very much, and I will see you next time.